Hey, I'm Joe Pirulli. And I'm Luan Thomas. And we wrote episode 408, Party Time. And you're listening to Cobra Kai Companion. Welcome back to another episode of Cobra Kai Companion, and I am Peter. And returning is Joe Pierrelli and also Luan Thomas, who wrote uh, 408 Party Time, season four. So welcome back, gentlemen. Thank you. Uh, is, there, is there anything to talk about with this episode? Did anything happen in this Nothing. Yeah. Not at all. Okay. Thank Good. you guys for showing up. Quick. Was there anybody in this episode? Anybody <laughs> yeah. come back? Anybody in this one? I mean, there's that Stingray's neighbor, Stingray's neighbor, you know, like he was the MVP uh, of, the, yeah. of this episode. So yep. uh, what, I don't remember which episode with uh, John, Josh and Hayden, um, but, you know, I, I know that there, there was like a discussion about how they decide who gets um, to write which episode. Do you guys remember the discussion on how you guys ended up with 408 party time? No, hmm. not really. It's it's kind of things kind of have fallen into a pattern that's like loosely seniority and um, we've kind of ended up the past few seasons sort of like writing episode two, uh, there were guys right episode one, we jump into episode two. Yeah. And then when you get in, you know, into the rotation, you end up around like seven, eight territory. Um, so it was kind of that. And then there does still end up being a factor of like looking at what's going on in the episode. And, um, you know, sometimes there are pivots that get made, but, uh, we were excited for this one kind of from the beginning, you know, we knew we wanted to getting a chance to write yeah, some stingray right. stuff, getting a chance to write like Terry silver as karate kid three, Terry silver, which no one had gotten <laughs> to do since then. Um, so yeah. and the prom and obviously prompts getting a prom, prom episode. Is... Yeah. So there was, there was a lot, there was a lot, uh, uh, going on in this one it's so much i mean the i, I believe the runtime clocks in at like 38 minutes but it feels like a mini movie you know um yeah i don't know we, we broke it as a mini movie basically <laughs> i mean that's, <laughs> that's yeah the initial uh, the the first writer's draft that we turned into the guys i think was 45 pages which is we never do that and we like flagged it for them even beforehand like this is going to be long there's a lot here and we you know we kind of wrote the outline we feel like this is you know in terms of what the outline was felt like this is what the the episode wants to be um and the the first draft of the episode like well first the one we turned in is like the production draft that became like the shooting draft ended up being around 35 pages. So that's like the normal thing. Um, but the episode still came in at like 45 minutes. Yeah. So there's a good chunks of things that, that you guys have not seen um, that were yeah. in this episode, which, which is always the case, but this one more than any other episode we worked on felt like the Cobra Kai movie. And we kind of approached it from the beginning as this is sort of like the finale of the season and then you get to do the tournament. You know what I mean? Like yeah. that becomes like its own thing. So we kind of treated it like the big finale and wanted there to be huge moments for every character at the end of it, which um, which there was. So yeah, yeah and and you know, I, I I don't remember those on or off, Mike, but I had mentioned to you guys like 408 is one of my favorite episodes. And I always exclude the tournament because it's like that's that's a tournament, that's what we're building up for, you know, yeah. for, for the three dojos and 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 all of that. So, like, yeah, excluding that definitely um 
uh, like 405 because you got the Sensei versus Sensei finally, the rematch mm. that we've all been waiting for in, in 408. Uh, so let's uh, let's start with the uh, the uh, Stingray. You know, um, I, I would imagine that when uh, you guys are talking about like the outline for 408, you guys are given um, specific beats that you guys got to hit, right? Before writing uh, like dialogue and such. Yeah, I mean, we actually, I think the first, the, for our first pass of it, we just, it was just like, it was a Stingray cold open and like seeing what Stingray's life yeah. a little bit was like the snapshot of it before he goes back to the dojo. And there were different versions of that. You know, is it like, does he have, do you meet the sister? Um, is he doing odd job? Like there are a lot of different ways you can approach that. Um, and I think what was fun for us is like a little bit of like a mislead of, holy shit, like his life is so together and look, he's got his routine and he's got like a fancy house and all this stuff. Um, and then of course you find out it's his sister's house and he has kind of this bully next door who's like trashing him for for being a freeloader and, and all that. And PJ Byrne obviously is fantastic too, so. And he comes out like Tony Soprano. He comes out, you know, he's out, you know, he's the big cup of coffee and he's the Danish and he walks out to get the paper in the room and they're like this fancy house and he's just, you know, and he's throwing robies on his neighbor's, you know, roof. Yeah, and they... <laughs> You got to give them a lot of credit too, because like they, be, between PJ and Paul, like there's a lot of improv stuff in there. And like, I, I wish you could see all the stuff that isn't even in the episode. Cause there's just so many different takes of them just yeah. ripping each other down. I think like the, the, the perfect circle of a body was a PJ thing. And then the, like, mm -hmm. I, I know that I don't know a lot about cars, but I know that's not top of the line was, was yeah. really Paul. Right. And just one kick <laughs> random. So we had to like in posts, we're like sifting through all the gold of that back and forth and just picking out our, like our absolute favorites, but there were uh, a lot more uh, funny lines that, that didn't make it. So um, in the past, I have made comparison to like the writing teams, um, uh, just comparing it to like the writing team of like breaking bad, you know, you, you guys callbacks and, and everything is just so meticulous and, and, yeah. and you, you guys yeah. are working with like a, a shorter, a window too for for the episodes as opposed to like you know 40 some odd minutes with with uh, commercials right. the cold open kind of gave me like a breaking bad like what what is going on in this episode yep. now you know and <laughs> right. and even like the the frisbees up on the roof i was like oh that reminds me of like the pizza on the roof you know <laughs> yeah. so yeah. so i don't yeah. know if these were intentional but th those were definitely the feelings that, that i got yeah i don't know i mean every every a cold open is always an opportunity in the show because you get to do something that's potentially like, you know, its own little story that, you know, you want it to be connected to the rest of the episode, but it, it is a chance to like drop into something and be like, wait, where the hell am I? And how is this related to the last thing I saw? Um, so, you know, there's always that for that fun. And like Stingray was kind of on the, uh, the shelf for a minute there. So you want to give like the big return back if you can. And, you know, putting him against uh, someone who's, Arrival is like sort of an energy that you have never seen before. Um, and you add in all the, the frisbees and things like that. Like it, yeah, it has, um, it does. I kind of, I know what you're getting at. It has like a, it does have more of a drama feel to it in, in certain ways. And yeah. then you get into their banter back and forth. So um, yeah, that and was, we, you know, that was a fun day. But we had, I mean, we had to bring Paul back such, you know, it's so much fun that we couldn't just bring him back in any like regular, nor it had to, it had to be hype. We had to do something different. I'm, you know, we, we were missing him in season three. So it was, you know, just to give him that kind of room to just to do his thing. And which is, Oh, I mean, it's the, it's the best watching him just sit back and do his thing is unbelievable. Yeah, like, yeah. like Joe was saying, all the outtakes were just 
hilarious. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I yeah, I can only imagine. I want to see the bloopers from season three too. Uh, uh, eventually, or they're not out I, yet, are they? I don't know. I, I if they're, I, I can tell you, we've seen enough things happen on set where there has to be a, a lot of gold. Uh, in, in yeah. Well, we're definitely recording this way in advance uh, before our review of uh, 408. But uh, at the time of this recording, we have four more days until the DVD release of season three. So mm. maybe, maybe that's mm-hmm. when we'll get those bloopers. Um, so, so, yeah. so obviously, you know, uh, most of the world, at, at the very least, Cobra Kai fans will have seen the show by now. So, you know, we're not going to worry about spoilers. So on on the subject of Stingray and, and his kind of reintroduction to the dojo, Mm. Uh, what what is this line about like Dieter's mom obviously now we're like oh, at some point he met Dieter's mom trying to get her number or maybe he gave her <laughs> his number and she, she just never called him back uh, <laughs> yeah I think uh, it's a little bit of like a, that's probably Paul's like a riffs impartially but it's also um, yeah the, the idea that probably Dieter's mom picked him up from class one day and, and Stingray said something and like, like offered his number and with the idea that she would eventually call. And then she, you know, she probably never did or never even took it down or something like that. So uh, yeah, he's, it's one of those lines that just like kind of puts a fine point on Stingray's role in this whole thing, which is like, he's with them and like thinks he's kind of part of their group, but also like could date their moms. Yeah. And, and uh, it just, he occupies just a, a strange territory that, um, that we love that, uh, but that is very specific and not everybody necessarily enjoys that, uh, that space that he occupies. But for us, it's like some of the most fun we have is, is yeah. you know, shining a light on all it. Um, Cause uh, you know, Craig and I, we follow each other and it ha- have been for, for seasons obviously. And um, I, I just, I, I just love that. We finally got to hear like here, like we knew his name from season one, but like <laughs> yeah. he finally got a mention and got a moment. Uh, so, so that yeah. was really nice. Yeah, he does. So um, shortly after that, he, you know, we got the Stingray and and uh, and Crease, and obviously we know how the episode ends. W- was there like any kind of talk of like how hard Crease must go at Stingray, and because like he he really embarrasses him, and like me yeah. as a viewer, obviously, I felt super bad for him, and like I've never been on that that wagon, now, like you know, screw Stingray or this man doesn't exist in in this universe. Like yeah. I take everything as you guys give it to us. And so like seeing Stingray again was very welcomed. And, and again, him walking to the dojo and that discussion with Kreese, I was just like, I, I felt, I felt really, really bad for him. Well, Kreese is thinking that he's just, you know, at that, at that moment, he's like, I, I, I got to win. Like, like I have to win this guy. He can't, he's going to do nothing but distract us. He's, we can't actually, he can't fight in the tournament. He's too old to actually fight. So like he literally is going to have no, he has no value, you know? And it's like, why are you interrupting this? Like, what is this nonsense? So, you know, and then, Obviously, silver yeah. clocks that. <laughs> you kind of need um, because Crease knows Stingray. He kind of knows that this is the only approach that has a chance of actually like repelling him. Yeah. It's like he's a he's a puppy dog, and you like you you're gonna have to kick him. Like, oh, he's gonna keep coming back. So, Crease's mind, like he just has to be like super direct. And and even that, you kind of realize doesn't work because Stingray, like whether he's trying to save face by saying like, okay, challenge accepted, or whether he really believes that um okay i guess like i gotta prove myself again you know he he goes out sort of with that motivation um to feel like he has to get back in with the the kids and you know remind everybody that he's part of the team and be helpful and like show that he has value to everyone um you know the fact that that silver clocks all this he obviously ends up being relevant you know when you get into the end of the episode so uh and you guys also got to introduce the world to vanessa Larusso. 
Louis' sister. We found out that he's got a sister, played by yeah. uh, obviously Julia Macchio. Um, mm-hmm. Can you guys uh, talk talk about like what it was like talking about introducing another Larusso? How much time you got? Uh, yeah, she was great. Yeah, it's the the character from the again. I know you're going to ask us about the name. Like I, I I will say as as long as I can remember, it was always cousin Ness or Vanessa. Yeah. Like, looked at our first draft and that's what it was. So yeah. I don't know. That may have been one of those things where like the guys had that name from the beginning or, I mean, this was a long time coming. Like we, we knew um, we wanted to find something for Julia to do in the show. And she yeah. has, like, you, you see the acting chops and the ability there. So, um, you know, it was just a question of like, what's the right thing. And I think we were always feeling like, well, she just looks like she has to be your LaRusso because she looks like she just fits into that so well. So, um, you know, there there came this point with this episode where we knew we needed a to like sort of delve into the Anthony issue. Right. And that meant maybe getting a professional or something like it. And then when it you know, it happens that you have the prom and the photos thing happening at the same time. It's like, that's an opportunity to bring in some family, you know, we get to bring Lucille back in. So, um, it just kind of became the right thing of like, okay, well, the psychologist, the psychologist can be, you know, someone in the family and then you can play up the, like the Jersey fun and just like also just wanting to see a, a different version of Louis and him interacting with someone who is from his world, which, um, you know, so all that stuff, getting to build that out. Um, yeah, it's, that's, uh, it was, it's been a fun I, one. I feel like early, early in the room and we were debating whether it's going to be Louis's girlfriend or not. And then we went, we, we pivoted to sister at one point. I remember at one point, I think at one point I might be misremembered. Yeah. I remember at one point there was, we thought of that. Um, yeah, and the, yeah. I remember too, like, and it's obviously it's been brought up in the, in the discourse about this episode of, you know, um, and, and we say it too, is like the Marissa Tomei thing. And I look back at like a writer's draft and we did, you know, in, in action kind of write out yeah. that she's like a mix somewhere in between like Marissa Tomei yep. and like a Sopranos, like the Drea de Mateo thing. Yeah. So, um, yeah, it was, it was kind of the perfect thing you saw just how committed Julia was to it. And it's not like we gave her easy lines, <laughs> we, no. you know, like we kind of did like what we do with Courtney is sometimes you give like tongue twisters and things like that. But, um, yeah, I think we, uh, we knew this is one of the rare times actually in the show where we were writing a character and knew who was going to play the character, before and I feel like that helped and it it really built out the character and it helped us be very specific and make you feel like this is a real person in the family who actually has a real insight and can sort of challenge the Russo's and then you get all the added fun of Julia getting to tell Ralph like about his parenting <laughs> yeah I mean we knew she was going to be good we didn't know she was going to be like great <laughs> like you know I was like, oh, good, but I had no idea she was this great I was like oh this is yeah. this is great so yeah, yeah really. It, uh, I'm sure you guys are seeing it all over social media how much people are just loving that character, wanting a, a spinoff, or like just you know <laughs> her kind of doing her own thing, not involved with Cobra Kai. Um, but yeah, she 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 was great, and um, obviously you guys saw that we we uh, interviewed her, uh, Julia. Mm-hmm. Um, do you guys kind of remember like how many, uh, if if more than one, like how many takes for her to give like the diagnosis of Anthony? One, uh, she she never in any take that we saw her ever missed a line. 
Um, yeah, wow. Yeah. So it was, it was very impressive. Um, and I mean, he, he, like even, even Ralph's going like, you know, I used to be able to do that when I was her age. Yeah. Like, I don't know. She, yeah, she, she nailed it, um, every step of the way. And, um, yeah. And, and we were fortunate too. you get like, we got Lucille back in, you got Louis in. So everything felt like very full and a family. And I don't know that, that, that scene, like that, the, pictures and the prom stuff that could have been a whole episode on its own. And the, the fact yeah. that okay, we're talking about like a really like a three or four minute section of this, you know, kind of speaks to, to how much impact this, this part of it had. So. I mean, the fact that we've been able to squeeze Rosa in, you know, which, you know, and that was a big moment to kind of kick Miguel off a little bit to kind of get his head space and where he's at. And, yeah. you know, like the, what about his dad and stuff and just sort of, you know, so there was, there was a lot to play with in that scene, which was great, mm-hmm. you know, which is so much fun for us. Yeah, that's that's oh, what yeah. the dream of you know. Yeah, that 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 was probably one of the biggest, um, uh, I guess you know, cr- like foreshadowing crumbs here to yeah. what we could potentially see in in season five. Just Miguel just questioning about his father, and the little bit that we continue to learn as, as yeah. the, the series close close out in season four. So, yeah. um, really exciting stuff. Uh, I can't even imagine. I mean, you, you guys all continue just to keep like you know bringing like bigger and bigger seasons it's just you know when i saw the um the the season four trailer i was just like how the hell are they going to tackle all of that in 10 episodes <laughs> you know but but you guys did it man it's, yeah it's well you have, it's all about using your real estate well and you know, i think the the miguel's dad thing is a good example of that where you know he brings it up uh it, it gets brought up in a conversation with daniel about like you know you, you ever see your dad anything like that miguel tells you just a little piece there and then rosa yep. says it's looking more and more like his dad in this episode and then you're yep. it's the conversations with johnny where johnny, so it's, yep. it's those things where the like, villains, like yeah. it, it feels like it feels like oh i got the whole path to this and i you know it was all set up and built up but in screen time it it was a couple minutes in the season, you know, that, that was setting it up. And yep. honestly, if you do more than that, then you're maybe, you know, giving it away. Um, so you, we, yep. we wanted it to be that, you know, you were able to watch the entire tournament without thinking that that's where this was going or that Miguel wasn't there because he's literally, you know, like off writing a note about how he's leaving. So. Yeah. I mean, he I just wanted that. to have a prom, you know, he just wanted to have <laughs> right. a fun prom. That's all he they wanted. They all did. They all did. And, that, and that's what I love so much about, about this episode. It's just like, you know, and, and I don't know how like um, how much you guys lurk on the social media, like specifically like Twitter, right? Like all, all the all the fan theories, like oh, there's gonna be a prom. Okay, what if there's a fight at the prom? Well, next Karate Kid, they were bungee jumping at prom. Maybe there's gonna be yeah. bungee jumping in this one. Um, so I, I love that you know we get like our uh, you know traditional um, Cobra Kai fight, but it all ends up like the kids ultimately just wanted to have a good night of fun and just be themselves. So I really, I really thought that was cool. Yeah. That was kind of the, the crux of that storyline was this idea that Sam and Miguel are going into this night saying, this is not about karate. Like we finally get a night where we don't have to worry about the rivalries and not worry about karate. Um, and just worry about like love basically. And then Tori and Robbie are going into it as like, we're just going to go into this with about karate and rivalries and get into our opponent's head. And then at the end of the episode, they're thinking about the opposite and Miguel and Sam are thinking about the opposite. So it was just like a fun way to, to have them cross in opposite directions. Um, and it was like, we knew this was 
again, like this episode is so jam packed, but we knew it was really important to, this is really the first time you're doing like Robbie Tory stuff in a meaningful way where they're making that connection and you're, you're building to a relationship and, you know, obviously Peyton uh, and Tanner helped us a lot and made us look good because they had so much chemistry and, um, you know, the, you felt the connection between the characters and they did so well with their dance and the Ferrari scene and all those things. But uh, we knew it was kind of a key to, you know, get them connected so that you can feel that they're going to have this relationship or that something's going to happen between them. And it's not going to be because we, the writers are like sticking them together, but it's because, the characters are in this place in their journey where it, that's what makes the most sense for them. So. Yeah. It, it's crazy to have seen like, you know, um, Peyton's since season two, obviously Tanner's in season one. And, you know, people are like, uh, when, when I do like, uh, like, a, like, a, like, like, like a live on Instagram, I get I often uh, asked often a, a lot. That's something weird, but you know, people would ask me like, oh, what do you think about Robbie and Tori together? I'm like, I don't know. I don't see it. You know, it, <laughs> that's weird to me. And and like credit to the writing, but also Tanner and Peyton, like they yeah. really they they sold it. And I was just like, yeah, okay, you know, maybe, maybe I do need this. Like I, yeah. I really enjoyed them together. So yeah. let's just kind of uh, like kind of keep the prompt stuff together, including the um, after party at Stingrays. So uh, th- there's um, there's one point at the party where. Yasmin and Dimitri go upstairs, <laughs> right? Mm-hmm. And, the, yeah. and, and then with, with, with uh, Tori and Robbie, there's the whole scene in the car. So uh, mm-hmm. can you guys maybe shed a little light on, on like um, the idea in, in putting those in this episode? Yeah. <laughs> go ahead, well, you wanted to, well, you wanted to sort of, kind of, well, for Dimitri and Yasmin, we wanted to get them... Just in, in my mind, Dimitri accidentally locks himself in a bathroom or vice versa. <laughs> you know, something he does something but, you know, like that's where he disappears and, and to do. But in terms of the, the Ferrari, like it was just them finally getting to that point where like, hey, we're a couple. Like we we make sense. Like I have feelings for you. You have my back. I have your back. And it's really like these are two people that have no support that are finally actually supporting each other. And like Robbie had no interest in going back to the school, but he did that for Tori. You know, and like, so like to make Tori feel better and to help her, I guess, you know, be a high school kid and have a prom, you know, he, you know, I don't think he has the character we cared. And so that was a lot of fun. I don't know if I think of like that scene as like the we're a couple thing necessarily. Like, I I think there can be still some room for discussion there, but it's interesting that like, uh, it sort of allows you to like kind of project anything that you're feeling about those two into these, into some of these moments. And like, uh, yeah, I mean, I don't know. It's, it's, uh, it's, it's, it's something we've been talking about in the show. Like the kids are at this age where like, this is a discussion now about like, you know, what happens when the camera moves off of them in the Ferrari and like Yasmin and Dimitri, like, I will say there were drafts of the script where like some of that was more uh, addressed and like, even it's one of those things like when you're doing a prime episode, a lot of the instinct is going to be to like, are you going to do a storyline or have a discussion about like, okay, like it's a big night. What does that mean for different couples? And I think we, we found a way to sort of infuse some of that underneath Mm -hmm. without like making it like, 
that you have to have like a scene in the school before prom where people are talking about it or things like that. So, you know, we haven't put the fine point on any of that in, in a way. And that's, that's kind of on purpose. So, um, yeah. allows the, the fans to, to imagine or, right. um, you know, project, uh, whatever they're thinking about those different right. relationships. As a yeah. fan, I was shipping them from season two <laughs> in my mind. Yeah. I was always like, Ooh, <laughs> I like this two together. <laughs> yeah. you, well, uh, it's funny because when, when we um, interviewed uh, Annalisa, I, I asked her, like, what do you think happened after the beach? You know, and, and so her and I, we were kind of kicking our ideas. I go, I, I, like, I like to think that Dimitri, you know, saw her walking and offered her a ride. <laughs> and one of our listeners, who's a fan fiction writer, she took that idea and wrote a fan fiction of that evening of that, yeah, the very idea. So, to see it play out the way it did in, in, yeah. in season three and, and how, uh, yeah, it's been just so grabby with Dimitri. Like, uh, I'm, I'm here yeah. for it. I, I think it's, it's really hilarious, but I, I like the idea of him maybe locking himself in the bathroom too. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that's just because it can't hardly wait. That's where that's where right, that joke right. comes from. Like, you know, yeah. <laughs> Uh, yeah, and, was, and we, I mean, we haven't even talked about like there's a big fight that happens. There's like you know, all, all that stuff too. And um, I mean, yeah, again, credit to the all the kids that the choreography of that that prom fight uh, next to the pool and Peyton in heels. Like, yeah, it's just, like the Fred Astaire, Ginger Rogers thing. Like, okay, she can also do it backwards and in heels and karate into knock people into pools and things. So um, pretty pretty amazing. Because we also we wanted to have a fight, but you don't want you know we know the tournament's coming up, right? But so you don't and you, you know you don't usually those house party fights can turn into a brawl. So we had to kind of make sure that the fight stayed just a fight between them and didn't turn into our you know traditional sort of brawl. So that was you know what was care- we had to be very careful with that. And I, I thought that, you know obviously the choreography, the you know like Joe saying the Fred Astaire, the dance fight, dancing while fighting at the same time was, um, was fantastic. And, and-, and when you're going to do something like that, that like you know, a lot of the initial idea behind that fight was that it feels a bit like a dance, right? That you have your pairs and it can stylistically, you can do some different things. And, um, you know, Tanner kind of throws Peyton and you get like a big spin, like things that would be, if you were, if you were doing like a, a big dance number or like some of those uh, things going in there. And then just from character perspective, like this is one of those fights that doesn't happen that often, but like everybody kind of has something to say to each other in the fight. Um, And, you know, part of what sparks the whole thing is that Sam's been kind of under Johnny's influence. So when uh, an opportunity to strike first comes her way, you know, this is, that she kind of takes it knowing that, um, you know, Tori's it's like one of those things where like Johnny says, like, don't take their shit anymore. And, you know, she's gotten influenced in that way that may or may not be a good thing for her. Um, and you find that like uh, the answer is, you know, using whichever style and finding your own style at the end of the season. But I think this was an important one to see her in sort of Eagle Fang mode in some ways. So the, um, I was just thinking about how, like, during the fight, Joe, you mentioned, like, you know, some things are being said to one another uh, with the characters. Robbie obviously gets into Miguel's head talking about, like, you know, um, I I don't remember the the exact line, but he talks about, like, you know, my dad's just using you, you know, for what happened with us kind of thing. And that that lingers with him because, like, immediately after the prom, he, he goes to the apartment, which... Uh, so you guys get the episode, the the, se- the season where the broken TV. Yeah. 
That's all <laughs> right here. We, we, we knew like we'd gotten far enough into the season where we were actually like breaking episode eight or like getting close to that time. And we hadn't done TV thing yet. And we were just like, we know we just, we pitched to the guys, like we know how the TV breaks this season. And it's like, Miguel finds Johnny on the floor and the TV's just next to him. And yeah. like, you didn't have to see it this time. You just know what happened. Yeah. And actually like, this is a section I'm kind of excited to talk about. Uh, and it's not canon or anything. You didn't see it. So if people have their own uh, opinions about it, but I, I like this and in my mind, this is what happened is Johnny obviously gets his ass kicked kind of with, with, with Terry silver, which I know we'll end up talking about too. But um, then Johnny, goes home is kind of drinking and uh, turns the TV on and Top Gun comes on and the, it's the part where they're singing, uh, like playing with the boys and all that stuff. And this, you know, with the, all the Miguel stuff swimming in his head and all the Robbie stuff and the things that silver said to him about Robbie, the fact that Robbie is going to prom, he didn't even know it. And uh, all of that, like stuff swimming in Johnny's head causes him to break his TV and get out of control drunk. And Miguel eventually finds him in that uh, situation on the floor, which then Johnny is singing, you know, playing with the boys when Miguel picks him up. So. Alexander Overdrive. Obviously, there's a problem. There, there was a few songs too. Did you guys write any of those needle drops in there? Um, I don't think so. I don't think we put in anything yeah. for like the prom stuff specifically. Um, we knew like what we, the vibe of it was. And, and you know, Tanya uh, McKiernan, the director who did obviously an incredible job with this episode, is such a beast. Um, I think she had that song in mind, yeah. and, like the rhythm of it. And it would just ended up be feeling like the right thing. So you had the you had the Kenny. That that was all you, Kenny Loggins. I remember because you you found that song. We were running it. And you were like, whoa, 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 this is the song you should sing. And I remember you talking to Billy and Billy was like, wait, what? What? <laughs> well, it was because it was the Top Gun connection. Like yeah. Billy, yeah. I don't think Billy really knew the song well, um, which actually works out great for the scene because you want him like drunkenly kind of pulling the memory of the lyrics and not maybe getting it all right. Um, and then it was like the idea of like, well, it's from Top Gun. And remember, Top Gun is like kind of a trigger for, for the character um, that helped that. And I remember we actually printed out, uh, and maybe I'll post a, a photo of it or something, the... We printed out like the lyrics um, and had those on set. So we were like having some fun with the, with that. And, you know, obviously, I don't know if we were ready to talk about that scene quite yet or not, but uh, obviously a, a big uh, moment yeah. episode. So, well, I mean, really, the only other notes I have, um, uh, you know, it was a brief sequence, but um, Louie talking to Johnny, like, you know, like, I don't <laughs> hang around with those biker guys yeah. <laughs> anymore. <laughs> So yeah. um, there was something brought up. I, I, I would imagine to have Louis kind of address that to make to make sure that they're like they're good now. Yeah, it was less about yeah. that and more about like you just they're they're in the same space and you have to do something with it. Yeah, and <laughs> but, he had nothing really to say to him, so it was like, what would you say to Johnny? Like, uh, sorry about blowing up your car. You know, you got to, at that point you picked the funniest thing he could possibly say. Yeah, it's yeah. Just, a, just a fun a fun moment and. Um, yeah, I mean, again, the episode is just so big that, like, uh, in a way, like, everybody didn't get to do as much as we wanted them to do. Like, we wanted to do, like, some Lucille and Johnny stuff, too. And, like, yeah. so, um, yeah, there were there were different iterations where, like, we explored kind of each of those paths, which is what leads you to uh, a script that's almost 50 pages. But, um, yeah, so that was one of the small moments that, like, we we're excited about that. Um, we knew there had to be some version of that still is still in there. So oh, I the, remember the, the small Lucille moment that we didn't have. There was the, uh, 
with the shoes where Miguel comes in and she's like, take your shoes off. And Miguel goes to take his shoes off. She goes, not you, honey, you. Yeah. She's telling Johnny. Yeah. Cause she has like a, a long grudge, long standing yeah. grudge against Johnny uh, in some ways. So yeah, we may, uh, you know, maybe we'll get to play that at some point, but uh, yeah, I think just so many, so many characters in that space that you want them all to be interacting and um, you kind of have to do some picking and choosing, especially when you have such a packed episode like this. But. So, so, so was that part filmed with Lucille with the shoes or that was just written? But yeah, that, that, that part I think shot. we did have. Yeah, um, we'll see. I'm curious, yeah. you know, when, when deleted scenes and things like that come out, so we yeah. don't want to give too much away uh, right. what may or may not be uh, in, yeah. in existence. But um, I know this episode, if, if there's some deleted stuff, I would, uh, I would definitely watch it if you get a chance because yeah. I know a lot of really good stuff. Because somebody had re re reminded me, because we didn't see like an interaction between Lucille and, and Johnny. Like I, I think it was on Twitter. So somebody, you know, just kind of tweeted out, like, "Hey, what, what, um, how come they didn't have, uh, you know, like obviously Lucille knows about, you know, the cliff, you know, yeah, and, yeah. and all this, and, and like nothing was addressed." And I was we, like, "That's uh, right, they were." It's we didn't forget. Put it that way. Right. Right. Yeah. Uh, oh, I no, I, I would never. You guys would think we're free up. But I'm always like, well, they're, they're, clearly there, there's a, a good reason for it. Yes, yeah, and yeah. you know, in Lucille in general, like we we wanted to do way way more on this episode too, and um, uh, you know, Randy's just in, incredible and is so lovely to be around, and um, and we had so much fun with her on set and writing for the character, and I mean, if you remember, we wrote um some lucille stuff in a, in a previous season where she's talking about like the coney island day and those so we've always enjoyed uh yeah. really stuff for her and just it'd be it's such a packed episode that you know they're they're you see every every second of this thing is just like a, a roller coaster huge moment um we haven't even talked about like daniel chopping the ipad with anthony and all those things so there's just like so much uh big stuff yeah so, so that's what i wanted to transition to next so like my last two notes was yes uh daniel and anthony and, and then later on, obviously, where he kind of just um, changes his attitude and, and really took in what Daniel had to say about him. And, and then I, I wanted to save the silver versus uh, Johnny uh, for, for, for the yeah. our last last talk there. So, yeah, um, I, I again, I mentioned to I, I think I mentioned this, this to you guys off mic the last time we spoke that I never felt so seen as a dad, yeah. you know, for for how Daniel reacted, because I, I, I am kind of known to be kind of a hard ass dad you know, trying to discipline the kids because that's how it was for me growing up. And, and we have a nine-year-old that is constantly on the tablet and is always watching YouTube. And it, it just feels so difficult to get through to him sometimes. And like, and, and I, I feel Daniel did what a lot of parents wish we could yeah. do. Yeah. <laughs> Snap that thing in half in front of them. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, not all parents necessarily. I'm not saying you don't, Peter. I'm sure you do have the skill to snap one in half like that. Uh, so kind of perfect that, that Daniel does have that skill. And he's I've never done push-ups on my knuckles on concrete. So I, you know, I probably can't do it. So he has he has that move in his arsenal, and he also has uh, some influence from Johnny happening this season, where he gets to yell quiet, you know, and and gets to sort of jar Anthony loose a little bit. Um, and yeah, I mean, I think it's it is just a relatable thing that like that's uh, going back to season one. Anthony is like he's on his screens and he's doing his, in his own world, and you know that's what that's what um, cousin Ness kind of di diagnoses him with this like. You know, if you if you like we did the research into that to like figure out what the real thing would be. And it's like, OK, a screen dependency, maybe. And like IGD, which is like a real disorder, like Internet gaming disorder where he has like um, a bit of an addiction to it. So that moment where 
you know, he's hiding that he's playing still and has still has the screens after he's been told not to. That's just like kind of a breaking point for Daniel. I mean, it just it built all, you know, Anthony all season was just getting under Daniel's skin, you know, with the washing the car, all of it. So it's, yeah, right. it was a matter. It was a matter of time before. I mean, it's not like he actually washed the cars. But, but, right. Yeah, exactly. exactly. I mean, you know, yeah. it's like under yeah, you know, like, every moment. So it was like, you know, like, you know a little a bit of breaking point. point. Yes. Yeah, and it's it's also. You know, Daniel and Amanda have taken their certain approach to parenting and it's, you know, Johnny kind of says to him, even like in episode two of like some kids like need, need this kind of thing. And I think what Daniel and Amanda reluctantly find is like, maybe Anthony needs a little bit of like the, the Johnny approach, Um, you know, and it's not right, the right thing for all kids. And it's, you know, a certain, uh, things that Johnny does would, would make him not a good parent, obviously. So um, it's about like finding the way to, to connect with a kid. And sometimes it does take like, you know, something like that. So. I wish it did. Um, <laughs> so, threat so now, you, now you have the threat to break the iPad though. You have the threat right. to do that. <laughs> yeah. There's precedent for it. Maybe I have said something and the wife wasn't too happy that I did. <laughs> so, same. Yeah, same. I, I know what you're saying. Same. <laughs> right. And, and you know, I, we, we actually watched that scene together and, and I was like, would you be happy if daddy did that to you, to your iPad? He goes, no. Mm. I go, so, you know, if you could please just listen the first time when we tell you something, like yeah, you, we wouldn't that. be so upset like Daniel. Yeah. That's, um, it's, it's very real. There's, just, there's some, uh, some reality going on underneath that. that scene. Oh, absolutely. So um, you, you guys must have been like, I, I'm sure any word I use would be an understatement, but, but to be able to write, you know, the um, sober, you know, kind of baiting, baiting Johnny to come to the old dojo. Uh, yeah. Can you talk about what that was like and discussion on like what would be said because this is where you know uh, and again like this episode it ends with drunk silver himself mm-hmm. and sees this opportunity to use stingray as a pawn mm-hmm. in, in in something that we'll see kind of pay off there in in 410 yeah yeah, well, you were talking about the Johnny part or the Johnny fight first? Or yeah, I think the, the Johnny yeah. fight obviously it kind of leads into it. Yeah, it like, was yeah. going to be a big thing, so we we knew we were looking forward to that all the way. Yeah, and also we knew that it, it we knew it was, the idea of like Johnny just kind of going in and then talking and then fighting is one thing, but like the idea to have him kind of walk in and get blindsided like a solid kick to the head from that guy. I mean, he's he's concussed, he's dizzy at that moment, like so he doesn't even stand a chance. He doesn't. It's not an equal fight at all. He didn't stand a chance, but. I mean, yeah. where does he go from there? <laughs> you know? Yeah. There's so many things that go into this fight, right. Where Johnny's being been motivated by this. Like it's, it's one thing to hear that, you know, silver is having this connection with Robbie. It's another thing when Shannon is coming there and saying that this guy showed up with money and, and, and is offering me jobs. Like, you know, the, the Shannon scene always felt pretty, pretty critical to us. And it was great to have Dior come back and, um, you know, and, and one thing that we always loved about that setup was, you know, if you, if you know, Shannon from the earlier seasons, it's like, she's like taking, taking like mid-level business, you know, affairs execs out for, uh, for dinner so she can get free meals. Imagine if Terry Silver, uh, walks in to that situation. It's like, that's the dream guy, right? I mean, he's, he's got the, got everything that old Shannon would want. So the idea that she's come far enough to say like, 
I know a bad guy when I see one and this guy is trouble and he's too close to Robbie and this is something you're gonna have to handle. So Johnny's taking it that into the fight. And then, you know, silver is coming off this, like prove trying to prove himself to crease knowing that Johnny is this, uh, this, issue that they have and feeling like, okay, I have a way to deal with that and has a plan. And then Kreese's approach to this too is a whole nother layered thing where he's, he's seeing this and it's not what he wanted. And we knew another great moment was going to be, um, you know, for fans of Karate Kid 3 or, you know, remembering those, the lines of like, you know, party time, party time. Which we didn't give to them. We gave to Stingray as like a transition, but the um, he does say like, you want to see some more. And the traditional answer to that in Karate Kid 3 canon is, I want to see a lot more. Uh, and instead, Kreese says, like, no. <laughs> so it was kind of like a big thing where, like, that's so jarring for Silver because they've done this before, right? Like, this is how we do this. And if you want to see some more, and then he says no. And it's like, what are you talking about? This is what we do. Um, so just a huge moment for, really, for every character. Um, and it really yeah. carries them forward into, the, you know, the, the tournament. So I still think Johnny realized how much, Silver was just sort of encroaching on his life now. It wasn't just it wasn't just yeah. the kids' tournament anymore. It was getting into his personal life. Like the the shroud of silver was just kind of you know yeah. everywhere. You know, Joe, you mentioned Shannon. Like you know, we. Uh, I guess if you don't really process what Shannon's saying, it sounds like she's out of rehab and Robbie's with her. Yeah, I mean that's that. That's kind of the, the the feeling you want. We like we you have to pick your like where you're putting a spotlight on things. But yes, like it's it's Robbie with Shannon. She she's sort of has taken that role back and is in a better place, obviously as a more evolved person. Um, and then, you know, Robbie's going to go to prom and suddenly this guy shows up, which um, again, if, if we had a one hour episode, maybe you would have seen the, the silver showing up um, to Shannon's kind of scene. So um, yeah, there's a, a lot going on underneath that. And, and then the fight itself, like, Thomas and Billy are just like top of their game in terms yeah. of like they're 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 so great and they they go at it with each other like I think for they for real like have bruises on their arms because they just like neither of them wanted to like they wanted it to be a really strong fight and feel that um you know this is kind of dangerous uh, like yeah. these these guys are are masters um they, they want they to go all in yeah yeah, yeah. Wow. Um, I, I mean, that that's really it, the rest of my notes. But I mean, um, I get to kind of like touch on Anthony again, kind of just uh, changing. Um, mm. Yeah, taking out the trash and all that stuff. Like, it, it was it was really nice to see. I mean, like, yeah, I, 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 I wish that would happen for me. But like, just to see it <laughs> like, hey, well, well Daniel, Daniel's got to win here. You know, yes. and so. Yeah. He gets a win and Amanda, like just, it is that, that cool moment of like Amanda's like, I like the, I don't know what you did, like, uh, like the Miyagi magic or something. And Daniel kind of knowing like, well, that was, that was more of like a Johnny magic that, that particular time. Uh, but normally it, it would have been uh, all me. And yeah, so that, that, um, that felt like a satisfying thing. And, you know, we, when we talked to you guys about episode 402, it was, you know, we knew we were introducing Kenny and, um, Anthony had to sort of be in the position where he was, you know, being bad kid and making some bad decisions, but you were feeling for him in that moment. I think you, you know, you kind of feel for him in this episode too, where he's, you know, he's Daniel and Amanda aren't sure, quite sure what to do with him and how to communicate with him. And he wants to be a good kid and he wants to admit that he screwed up and made mistakes in the way he treated Kenny. And it's just like, 
he doesn't communicate well, um, you know, outside of like game world. So it takes Daniel sort of, you know, jarring him loose for him to actually like kind of man up a little bit. Um, so yeah, a big moment there. And then, um, I know we're, we're going to have, we still have to talk about, uh, the, we're going to make everybody wait till the end of this episode. If they're watching to talk about the, um, I love you too, uh, moment. Yeah. Which, uh, I, I just tweeted out the line right, right before we, we all got on there. <laughs> um, yeah, just, uh, again, you know, what Robbie says to Miguel is clearly still stuck in his head. And for Johnny to have the conversation, I, I was, you know, I was shocked as all hell. And that's an understatement too. I was, you know, but my, my heart like wasn't, didn't know how to kind of take it, but yeah, Johnny calls mm-hmm. him, calls him Robbie. I, I, yeah. I feel like, you know, the, the, the fandom, we, I think we, we do all feel like he, he knows that he was talking to Miguel, but clearly Robbie was on his mind too. It was just mm-hmm. kind of like yep. a slip of the tongue, but obviously we see in the later episodes that like Johnny doesn't even remember that interaction. No. Yeah. yeah and we kind of, te- he kind of tease that in, uh, I think in, in episode nine where it's like, I, I know what's going on with you and Miguel feels like, Oh, you remember. And yeah. it, he doesn't remember. So yeah, right. it's, it's, it's heartbreaking. That, that scene was a really long time coming. Cause we had talked for even in season three and maybe even before that about like, you know, doing a version of the drunk Miyagi scene and you just have to have the right thing for that to happen because it is such a, a big scene to be referencing and you want it to be heartfelt and all that. And I think we just, we found the fun of like, okay, in the same way that Miyagi was singing his song, like Johnny's singing his, his song. Um, and like in a weird way, you know, in the Karate Kid, it's like you get the sense that Miyagi does this, you know, occasionally, like this is not the first time he's he's done this. It's just like Daniel stumbling into it. And we know that this is not the first time Johnny's done this. Um, so that it is like you have some some context for him when you, when you go into that scene. And, you know, Johnny's whole storyline has been about Robbie in this episode, like basically being challenged by silver that, you know, it's a big night. He didn't even know he was going like what kind of, you know, what kind of dad, like, as long as he's with me, I'm going to take care of him. And obviously you can't, and you, you, Shannon deserves better, all that stuff in Johnny's head. And then, and then uh, not real. like, then this guy is just like a monster and they like, can kick, like you, you <laughs> can believe. So like Johnny, Johnny sort of feels like he failed, Robbie in that moment. And so it's an interesting mix of, and I, I don't want to say one way or another, like, you know, what lines are directed at who, but kind of the beauty of it is like he, everything he is saying is like, you know, I want to be a father to you and I want to be there for you. And I'm sorry, like, I'm not good at it applies to both the kids. Yeah. So, um, yeah. And I think, I really think it was like a Josh Hill thing that uh, it was a Josh Hill idea to do the, I love you to Robbie uh, as the, the end. Yeah. To that. Um, so, you know, I don't remember exactly. Yeah, I remember he pitched it in the room. I remember it was, he pitched, I think he pitched it in the room or was pitched in the room. I remember. Yeah. Aaron Josh. Yeah. yeah. But the scene, but it, the scene really. itself um, looking at like our writer's draft of it is, is fairly close to like yeah. once we knew that big piece of it, like everything just falls together. Um, so yeah, it was, it was, it was one to write where like we were feeling it when we were writing it, like, uh, like the heart, you, you want to build to that heartbreak and you want Johnny's stuff to be so heartfelt and, and feel that way. And like, it's the, I don't know, it was like a Robert Frost, uh, quote or like the, an approach that we usually take when we have scenes like this is, you know, no, no tears for the writer, no tears for the reader kind of thing. So we, when we're writing a scene like that kind of push until we really feel it. And if we can get ourselves crying, then we know the audience will too. So, um, seemed to be successful 
Uh, it was, I, yeah. Everybody's talking I, about that line. I think it's the most heartbreaking thing we've written. I, I honestly think that's yeah. probably the most heartbreaking thing we've ever had to put on paper. <laughs> yeah. yeah. It still says I've, you know, wrote it. I've seen a thousand times and it's still, it's still a gut punch, you know? Yeah, it, it really is. And like, Oh my God, you know, and when, when we, when, when the Emmys come around, like what, what episodes do you submit, you know, like and, and for writing, like, it's just, it's the entire season. So good. But I'm like, your your episode party time it's got like all these comedic moments and you, you got like all these fantastic scenes with uh you know, um you know again with like tori and robbie is it, it, great yeah. uh and then you got miguel and johnny uh just so many good things and and then just tugs at your heartstring there at the end yeah. and, and then you just feel for me at least i i just feel terrible for stingray and I, i've seen some people like on social media like oh he deserved that like well hold on now i don't no, know no, if no. he deserved no, it but it is, it's still pretty shitty nobody deserves that no it is the um i mean you're saying like this there's so many different things in this episode and so much you know a range of different kinds of scenes and things like that 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 may be the darkest like scene in the show or it's definitely up there um where yeah the silver is like in for the first time in sort of karate kid three mode and in like sort of mania and uh, um and then this guy walks in and silver having seen what crease told this guy and and seeing how much this guy wants to be part of the dojo like it's like sort of it it, it kind of all comes together for silver in that moment of like the grander scheme of things and he gets that you know uh, uh, Thomas obviously incredible and um you know knowing where it was all going I think is helpful so for something like that to like have the light bulb going off in the same time that you seem like you're going insane so like yep. it's crazy like m- like mad genius moment where it's it can read as just insanity but it's actually like he's seen now 10 steps ahead of where he's standing. Um, yeah. So there's like a, a joy that he takes in it too, that actually makes it like much scarier. So. And you know, you know, and I, I feel like him to repeat, you want, so you want to be, co- you want to be Cobra Kai and just him repeating that. I, I feel like it's almost like he's saying it out loud. Like, Hey, this, this, this is an opportune moment right here. You can use this. Uh, and it's just, it, it's, it's frightening. And just to see him keep going at it with Stingray, Oh man, it's just uh, it, yeah. And we we wrote out him saying it a, a bunch of times, and the laughing in in there, like in between it, and the yeah, the this the beat down, like getting worse and worse, like as as bad as you uh, as bad as you'd want it to be, really. Um, so yeah, there was another another one that was like, okay, we're going for it, like we're yeah. just gonna go all the way and 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 let it be this. Um, so, and, and yeah, obviously then it, it has a big impact on, you know, what the, the end game of this season ends up being. So. So that's all I have you guys. I mean, <laughs> Jesus, uh, such a great episode. I mean, thank, I, you. I thank, you. thank you. Thank you. It's, yeah. uh, you're like, Holy cow, man. 38 minutes and it feels like an hour and a half movie. Um, just, yeah. Just, just, we just had so every, all, everybody was firing in all cylinders, you know, it's, it's a great episode because, you know, Billy and Sholo are just crushing their scenes. Thomas is crushing his scenes. You know, the director, Tanya, she's doing her part. Like, it's, you know, it's a huge building yeah. effort. And Courtney everybody's and game and has to be. Julia, it's like everybody was. Ralph. 
Yeah, man, they were there. Everybody was so great. Tanner. So it's just, we're lucky. Yeah. We're very, very lucky. We're really and we got lucky. to see them all. Like we got to bring in so yeah. many, like that's so many different characters. Like you get Shannon and Stingray and Lucille, like, yeah. um, there's just not enough time to give them, to give them everything, but, um, it does really make the episode feel full. Yeah. Um, and, uh, we, we looked for a lot of opportunities that like every line in the episode, we wanted it to have meaning because we knew yep. that it was, it, it was such a big episode. There's no, there's no time to waste at all in this one. So, yeah, you know, I, I mean, I, I, I've never, uh, interviewed neither directors, uh, excluding like the big three, but I, I would obviously love to speak with Tanya because I don't know anything about directing, but what I love about seeing like a new named director to a season. So Tanya yeah. and Mariel, are, are new names this season yeah. for us. And um, I, I love how you're seeing same lo- lo- locales, but like the, the camera seems to be set up in a different angle. Mm-hmm. And, and mm-hmm. It, just, it just makes the world feel a little bit more real too, just yeah. to yeah. see, because I feel, I mean, and, and again, I don't know, maybe the, the ones that continue to come every season, they have like their favorite spots to where, where they put the camera. And like, we've seen, seen the stuff again, yeah. uh, I mean, um, a number of times, but inside the LaRusso house, I'm seeing angles like, you know, I'm not, I'm not used to this angle. I, I, I like it. You know, you just, you know, you, you guys got all that room, use it, you know? Yeah. It's always good to have, um, you know, you could say it's fresh eyes, but it, it really is just like a, a little infusion of, of something different. It's, it's always a, a good thing. And then, and obviously we've, you know, been doing it long enough and, and been on set enough where, um, you know, we were able to be there for the, the vast majority, maybe all of this episode being yeah. shot, um, which was, was great for us, um, to, to feel like, okay, we're, we're seeing everything that's telling the story and, you know, um, yeah. And, and Tanya had like, there, there was a lot of challenging set pieces and scenes in this one in terms of the blocking and, you know, uh, directorial choices that, you know, shooting that the prom photo, prom, yeah, the oh, prom yeah. fight and, uh, like, yeah, I mean, just like how many different challenges can you throw into one episode that were, that were very well handled. So, um, yeah, it's, it's at this point, we got a, a, a solid team fire on everything. And the big three were, were involved, uh, really heavily in, in getting this episode to be, to feel like the Cobra Kai movie. And, um, yeah. Yeah, it all it all came together pretty well. Yeah, Cobra Kai, uh, uh, the Cobra Kai movie part eight. <laughs> part eight, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> oh gosh. Well, uh, you know, thank you guys for being so generous with your time. Obviously, we've, we've spoken with you guys twice, um, so I really do appreciate it. getting your insights on so many great uh, moments uh, from, from this episode in particular. Um, so, you know, for all of those that are tuning in, uh, as usual, I have, I we will have the. Um, Links to uh, Joe and the ones uh, social media handles. If you guys want to follow them there, uh, Joe's been posting plenty of uh, behind the scene pictures. Yeah. Any um, requests? So. Uh, I got them, but I'll, I'll try to post some stuff uh, when these, when these episodes are coming out so people can see some of the, uh, I know I have some like prom pictures and stuff yeah. that I haven't put up yet still. So yeah, I oh, yeah. prom pictures. I'm going to put those up on Twitter at some point. I'm going to, I put all my stuff on Twitter, not on yeah. early on Instagram or Facebook. Yeah. Any, any questions, also- anything you want to see, but uh, we, we, we have it and uh we yeah. we obviously love talking about the the show and these these episodes and all that stuff so yeah and we're here to listen yeah <laughs> all right everyone well um thanks as always for tuning in supporting what we do so for joe and the one i'm peter and uh, we'll see you guys next time thanks guys thanks, thanks guys good to see you thank you <laughs>
Haven't you done enough, princess? <laughs>